Cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show, proudly brought to you by MTN Business. Hello, B2. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Okay, and you? Another day. Another day. You know, I really do love Mondays because, like, we get to hang out. It is cool. It is cool. Like, one like, oh, oh, Monday. I'm like, Monday's awesome. I'm still like that for a first couple of hours of the day, I must, <laughs> I must confess. It's called coffee, buddy. It's a quick, quick cure. <laughs> so the Olympics is over. I'm not quite really sure what else to but even though it's not my oh. app of the week, did you Everybody play the game? Everybody get back to Pokemoning. No, but did you play the, the Rio Olympic game? Shit is good. No, I didn't. Okay, so download it. Okay. Have fun. Like, remember and all those good things. Is it still going to be available? Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure. I mean, they spent, they must have spent good tin on that. It's a great game. Okay. So, cool. my app of the week, it's actually not an app. It's a Google Chrome extension. Okay. And it's called All in One. And I just thought with today's show, and we're going to be talking about efficiency and all those mm-hmm. good things just now. Are those are those gestures. And- no, no, no. What it does, it's, it's almost, it looks like, the best way to describe it is like Hootsuite. It's okay. a dashboard for your messaging and your IM contacts. So WhatsApp, Skype, uh, cool. Twitter, so it aggregates it all into one it space. It all comes That's into one space. Fantastic. I've actually got it open now. So like it all sits there and everything comes through at the same time. So I just, it's not an app per se, but I think I was talking to someone actually on the show and, um, a few weeks back afterwards and I was just moaning about the fact that I can't actually consolidate all my messages. You know, when you're at birthdays and it's like, you get a message on Skype, Twitter, Messenger, BBM. That's what Foxer, you used to like about Viber. your BlackBerry is that you had that. I still like my BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I still like my BlackBerry. So my app is all in one. As I said, you're not going to find it in the store, but if you use Chrome, just go into the uh, Chrome store, um, the web extensions, and just type in all in one. So McDonald's, um, yeah. they entered and left the fitness tracker market. Um, they were giving away... <laughs> It was like, it was as quick as their drive through buddy. <laughs> we're in fitness, we're out of fitness. It was like one of those. Yeah, maybe, um, this is not our call. Yeah. No, this just proves when you make stuff in no China call. and you don't test it. Look, the idea was good. They were giving away these like little fitness tracker thingamajobbies for kids. The happy okay. meal. Like, and it just makes you take things, steps. Yeah. yeah, more like a pedometer than a smartwatch. But you know, you could be like mommy and daddy was cool, funky colors. Actually, I looked at the picture. It was quite cool. And then? But... Kids were getting rashes. I mean, they obviously didn't make it with proper silicone or I don't know. So they had to recall it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, good it's idea, awful. bad idea. Um, rub some sweet, sweet and sour barbecue uh, sauce or something on it. Would you like fries? Would you like fries, corn or rash with that happy meal? <laughs> so it ain't coming to South Africa. I suppose you can get your hands on one. Well, maybe you should touch it with gloves. It would be a collector's item. That's insane. In their defense, I mean, a big company. How do you defend that? No, no, go for no, it. No, no, I can. A big company, I think it's actually Intel for their first um, foray into wearables. They came out with a product called Peak, and it was burning guys' arms as well with a okay. heart rate monitor. Oh, and wow. And that's like a big company. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, McDonald's is a big company as well, but they specialize in chips. So, not fries, chips. Okay, so I am going to go and bash Microsoft again. Okay. After trying to love I'll them sit last back week. And watch this one. No, I tell you, like, I'm seeing red thinking about it. So, um, I went, uh, I went to speak last week. As you know, I was on a speaking yeah. tour down and, and I went to KZN and, um, I go and do my final presentation. I got a packed oh, auditorium. Oh, I saw your tweet. <laughs> you see my tweet. And I try and plug my Mac into the, the machine and, uh, it just doesn't work. There's like my screens like half up and half down. Now the auditorium's filling up and like, and the IT guy on hand is like, it's cause you're using a Mac. Yeah, well, that was they tried that one. I said no. Then you wouldn't see my screen. Oh yeah, wait. Maybe this room has got a bad machine that's controlling the projector. So I said, okay, will it work on a PC? So they said, yeah. Do you have one? No. So I asked uh, the client. They're not allowed to use flash drives. Okay, no Dropbox. You know the normal corporate rubbish. So I had to email it to them. So now we're sitting there watching all these people, and they're like, you know, we're trying to keep kids' attention. You know, Pokemon's to catch or listen to me talking crap. And we get the presentation. We email it. We hook up. And it works. There it is. So obviously Mac is superior to Windows, which we've always known. <laughs> but I start clicking. Now, I promise you I'm not that challenged. I can click an arrow. It wasn't like I was doing something different. Did somebody come and give you support during it your talk? It doesn't move. The slides don't move. They okay. don't transition. That's so awesome. I'm like five slides ahead. I can see it on the machine, but it's not going from machine. This is in a Windows environment. So Microsoft, it's you not suck. Like you <laughs> So, yeah, I'm just going to so give You can have all the best content you want in the world, but if you don't have the good sort of infrastructure or put bits to get it out there, then... Yeah. It's so all, It's all about getting it done. Well, it's it's just get it done right. I yeah. mean, anyway, so it, I'm, I'm like over it. I'm, 
we divorced. I'm not even going to try and love them anymore. <laughs> okay. Then I saw quite a cool little article. So you know what USB Type C is? The new MacBooks yes, got it. Yes, a very, that, very annoying new thing. The one to rule them all. Apparently. I don't know if it's annoying. What's well, huh? annoying at the moment? Because no, I've, I've had one device. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, just plug it in. It's like it's USB C. I'm like, I oh. kind of like the tech, but it's just the teething. This transition teething period. So you're an audiophile. I mean, you even rock up here with your own fancy headsets. Okay. So the USB C, if they replace the earphone jack with a USB C. You'll get proper digital sound. Okay? So that's quite cool. And then you can have input and output. So you can control and everything through USB-C. But then we go back to Apple who's saying that they're going to come out with a lightning port version of their headset. So we'll lose they the 3.5. accessory somehow. Yeah, I know. But you're still going to be like, which one do you carry? I like I like your uh, fairness here. You're bashing Microsoft. We can bash a little bit of Apple. Yeah, but Apple gets love straight away afterwards. So it's fine. At least our, <laughs> our audio quality will be good. Um and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because, you know, this time of the year, all the guys are launching their devices. We're yeah. expecting the new Samsung. That's actually one good – we should have that on the show one day. It was like this lossy format of MP3 and, like, everybody's streaming, like, reduced bandwidth and all that stuff. Do we actually care about the quality of things anymore? I don't think they do. I, I think don't. Like, like everybody, getting, it's, it's consumption. It's, just, it's the spec the spec chasing. Everybody wants the best spec and it's, like, more of a, a show-off brigade than it is a, an actual thing that – people can discern yeah i have fifty thousand songs you don't have yeah. enough lives left to live well, to listen to fifty thousand songs if, for if you're a time. music producer and you actually care about the quality or high fidelity of your uh of your product then uh, come chat to us and let's see what you think about lossy format well talking about coming to chat yes oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine or twitter cliffcentral.com or facebook or wechat hashtag and, futurology thank you so I'm actually going to turn on our guest mic now. I'm going to actually introduce him now, and then I'm going to go back to my waffling because last week I asked a question, and um, no one actually. Simon was the only one listening. Yay! Yes. <laughs> hey, so um, let's let's introduce Simon. Simon Hudson from ProVulo. 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 Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Welcome. So I'll do like a formal introduction just now because, as you know, I like to talk crap. But I asked last week about the Star Wars Rogue chapter story thing and you are a self-confessed star wars fan um you were telling us all fair so please just explain to us where this thing lives um, you're a complete geek and go it's rogue one a star wars story there we go correct <laughs> no, it sits between three and four i can't remember the th- title of three it's where the angsty teenager turns into darth vader but uh and a new hope it's kind of the where the Death Star comes from. Trying to get the plans where they eventually blow it up in number four. So in other words, it's so Lucasfilm the, making cash. Where the old new ones ended and the old, the old, old ones new, yeah. started, it's in the middle of those ones. And then the new, new ones are the new trilogy at the very end Somewhat of all of them. confusing. Yes. yes. Okay. Right, so no one's actually really answered the question. So guys, just go and watch the freaking show for what it is. Love it. If you're a true fan, you'll know where it is. If you just like the cinematography like I do, go and enjoy the show. Um, okay, so... VR this week is not quite VR, but this was is awesome. it virtually VR. Well, it, it's it's three sixty video, Just. so I suppose you could uh, probably yes, put into headset. But Google came out with um, a project called Beyond the Map. So, given mm. the whole Olympics and that, what they did is they filmed. You can actually see when you watch the first one, they were using a halo on a tripod on the back of a motorbike, uh-huh. and they drove all the way through like the really poor areas of Rio. So you actually got to see beyond the Copacabana and all the glamour of the front row. Um, and it's just excellent cinematography. So um, I haven't tried to put it inside a VR headset, but it has full three, but as in full 360, up, down, left, right, behind the works. That's awesome. So it, it kind of falls what into... What happens when you look down? What are we looking you at? You look at the road. You're on a motorbike and these guys are like whipping and you hear wow. sound coming out of someone's house and dog barking. Is it it's, 360 audio as well? Uh, I don't know. I didn't have a USB-C plugged in. I just had my <laughs> Mac, so... I'm not sure, but definitely worth checking out. Just Google, just Google beyond the map. And then they have these like stories of people. Like there's one guy who um, wanted to do or does do ballet, but because he was worried he'd be caught gay, he like told his mom he was going to surf. I saw that. It was fantastic. It's such a good production. There's another lady that works. It's just really, really good, nice, well-made production. Um, and it fits into my VR because it's 360. So Excellent. it just is, and I can because it's the mic. Ah, Pokemon Chronicles. No. <laughs> so it's all it's all downhill from here, but there's not even yeah, good. It's not like Pornstar Go. But it's cool because I get to Did you go watch it? Bit. What's that? Pornstar's Go. 
No. Okay. Well, at least you're honest. I'm just going to plead the fifth. Um, but I did see the trailer. <laughs> I may or may not have potentially at some point maybe considered potentially. So if you change your location, so if you like go into geolocation services and you change it, you will be banned for life. So the next is a public. What? Se- yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that again on if, Pokemon Go. Yeah. If you change your location so that you can go to where there's Pokemon, so you can get these map apps and they tell you where there's Pokemon. Yes. Okay. So guys have been changing their location to make their phone think that they're there and then getting these Pokemons. So Niantic, which is a holding company, has now said if you if we find out that you've been doing it, because they can see, um, then you will be banned for life. Something, oh, okay, banned, banned for from life. Pokemon for yeah, life. I can you imagine that? Like, you've been banned for life. But this is a public service announcement. If Anonymous is listening, please, pretty, pretty, please, Find everybody's phone that has Pokemon. Go in and change their locations, and that's it. It'll be gone. Yeah, just inverse the axes of the Earth. <laughs> yeah, just do something. Okay, everybody running around like, like crazy. Challenge accepted. You know. So yeah. Um, and then a Michigan couple has filed a class action suit against Niantic, Pokemon Go, Google, all in sundry, um, because for invasion of private property because these people keep coming on the lawns. <laughs> but wait, the, like the lady came out and said something and the oak awesome. was like, off, bitch. <laughs> she oh, told okay. us straight. She's like, this is my house. So I don't care. I'm after that Pokemon. So we have class action suits and we have banning for life in the Pokemon Chronicles this week. Um, she probably wanted the Pokemon, which is why she didn't let them in. Yeah. Now, last week we chatted IOT. Okay. I mean, yes. you and I love IOT. Yep. Okay. So um, it's, Google have now, or I don't know if they've launched it. I couldn't find out properly, but it, they've launched something called Fuchsia OS, which is a color. And apparently, like if you is go, it pink, it's pink and salmon or something mixed in purple. You have a son. I have a daughter. Yeah. Okay. I, I've, I've I've learned to discern the shades of pink. Right. So it's Fuchsia, Daddy. Fuchsia. Not yes. not. Uh, but what they basically and they've said it won't replace Android. So we're not getting another OS that we have to build into, but. It's going to be designed purely for the Internet of Things. So they're going to build a browser and an engine and an OS that can obviously go into devices, which makes sense because then you can bring all the Google algorithms straight through into IoT. So like Nico and, and his team at IoT Next, they could uh, they could benefit from something. That's like the awesome that. thing about it at the moment. It's, it's it's just going to keep developing so fast. There's there's so many new things that will come out of the new things that uh, it's it's just it's going to be a great space to keep watching. Okay, so this one is scary. Have you got a tattoo? No. Do you have a tattoo, Simon? No. Okay. So no. Have you got a tattoo? No, no, I don't. No. I'm married. Um, I have all my pain and suffering at any time (laughs) I want. So. Oh, Gail. Going into. (laughs) Sorry. Going into robotics. All right. They've now taken a 3D print. So remember talking about that like tattoo you could stick on and then it could. Yes. That temporary thing with the electromagnetic. So these guys have taken a further. They've taken a 3D printer. Who is this now? I don't know. Someone somewhere. Oh, okay. It's It's uh, not an informative part of the show. It's just a discussion part. No, it's just it's just the chat part. But they've taken a 3D printer and they've put a tattoo gun into it. Wow. So you can get the most precise tattoo possible because this thing is 3D rendered. But they've said that there's a caution. You need to be able to stay very still and take the pain because when, when apparently when when you move, the tattoo artist can kind deep. of, he can kind of adapt to your movements and all this. This is a robot. It, it feels nothing for you or your pain. So you move and all of a sudden your tattoo could be from what was the most precise to the most cuck yeah. tattoo you've ever had. So it'll be quite interesting. But it's just like the way these guys are thinking of moving robotics and machinery around. I just, I That's found it quite a nice Optimizing and becoming more efficient even in pain. Now Apple's made a move that I don't know if it's, it's going to, goes so well they are now working on an ios release for their iphones that will pick up that you're at a concert and stop your phone working from filming video and their reason is that they're doing it for the benefit of the people that are going to concerts to actually enjoy the concert and are tired of seeing this wave of screens Mm. and their, their rationale is also that the phone can't pick up the low lighting and the sound anyway and you're sharing it on Facebook and you're actually just ruining the experience. So they basically have now, a, pat- a patent's been filed on this tech that will stop your phone videoing um, at concerts. So all the Android guys will be still the, filming. But the- yeah, well, <laughs> Android. What phone do you have, Simon? I'm on the dark side. Unfortunately, I have an iOS device. It's not the dark side. That's a great device. We, yeah. You're in good company. 
So um, apparently they have like an infrared camera tech that sits on the stage that when the camera sees this, it will just kill your video function. So they're doing that. Cool. And Twitter went and suspended 360,000 accounts for terrorism and extremism. So they extreme extremism 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 I don't know Google it. So that was the Twitterverse. Okay. Uber partnered with Volvo, and they're going to do the first driverless car in Pittsburgh. I think next week. <laughs> so to, it, it okay, be, so we're going to be opening the show with that one. Yeah, but here's no, but here's where it gets interesting. So there'll be a driver because you still need. And the CEO came on. He said, "Well, we're not going to cut jobs and all that." There won't be a driver. There'll be an oak sweating like sweating bullets in the driver's seat. <laughs> no, there'll be yeah. two. There'll be the oak in the driver's seat and the oak in the passenger seat. But the the thing is, like you're saying, oh, we're not going to cut jobs and all that. Obviously, they're going to cut jobs. Once this machine can learn how to drive itself, then they don't need observers yeah. to sit there and watch it. Um, it's quite interesting that, that they partner with Volvo. Out of, I mean, they're an American company. They're testing in America. But they're running with Volvo, and I don't know if it's that whole mental like Volvo for life. You're married to it; it's safe. I don't know, but they roll out next week, and that's the end of my wondering and and and. That was good. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was a good was mix of my, everything. There, nice. I just Brett. tried to find some nice. Oh, thanks, bro. I, I that was really good. So you actually stayed awake this time, is what? It you're was saying. really nice, and okay. the Pokemon Go was kept short and to the point. Yeah, well, is, I'm getting over that. Yeah, now. Pokemon went. <laughs> Pokemon went. <laughs> There's an app. Yeah, Pokemon went. So, I did introduce you briefly, Simon. Um, we have Simon Hudson with us today. He is the second of the Gartner Aspiring Innovators Program um, participants, I suppose is the right word. Good word. Yep. So, I always, I mean, you've heard you've heard the show. You've told me that before. So, we have four listeners now. Um, your mom, my mom, Simon, and Well, you and me. Else. I occasionally oh, listen occasionally. to you as well. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Tell us about Provolo. In fact, where does the word come from? Uh, I was, surfing I was trying the net to Google looking it. for a five to seven letter snappy something that <laughs> oh, did had you read that taken. book as well <laughs> um, well no, a bit longer in the in in the business than the, with what the book said it's just I needed something that said professional or procurement or volume and it was like oh that works provulo provulo it also sounds like something I you can have with it wrong. I said provolo or a, or a little blue tablet Psh, you, you never know hey <laughs> But it's the best thing Gets things ever. going. So he's it's a Star Wars fan. He has to have the little awesome. blue tablet. And that's the trickie, so sorry. Oh, it's caused trouble now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm going to counterpoint to what Nick was talking about last week. Mm. Is he's talking about the Internet of Things. We're actually about the Internet of People. Um, you know, people, humans as a species, we've achieved some fantastic stuff. We put people on, you know, men on the moon. No, we didn't. That's a <laughs> Let's not go down that road. Uh, <laughs> but we're really horrible at administration. Um, we're, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, ticking the right box. It doesn't matter if you ask someone to do it. You still got to ask someone to check it. Yeah. And you still got to get someone else to check it. And then they still screw it up. So, you know, the, the going to go to the, the question you asked at the end of where did the idea come from is actually I spent, um, three, four years as a tech exec for an insurance company. And the biggest frustration was the paperwork. Look, I mean, for, between, as a customer, the biggest well, frustration is the paperwork, let's be honest. Well, actually, the biggest frustration was actually trying to claim money, yeah. but uh, that involves a lot of paperwork, yes. And it was two pieces. It was it was the amount of paperwork or paper that we were using. Yeah. We had a fantastic office in Cape Town in, in the building where all the legal fraternity are, and it had a view out onto the mountain, and it was a storeroom. Okay. I mean, we had offices that would go through twenty, thirty thousand rands worth of paper a month. It's ridiculous. And yeah. they would still not, you know, we, we had a call center in Midrand with 60, 70 people and we'd still get stuff wrong. Um, and then I, I left, you know, left that business, did a bit of consulting work and, and came across more than once. I was asked to, to help, uh, have a look at people's business processes. And it just, you know, a little light bulb came on and said, listen, there's got to be an easier way of doing this. Yeah. You know, if, if, Someone has to take a piece of paper to someone else to say you've got to action this or you've got to send 20 emails to get a, an answer for a question. It's stuff that humans just aren't designed to do. It's yeah, not engaging yeah. enough. So people forget about it and it gets lost. It feels, like, then, it feels like a chore all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had the same issue with my bank this morning trying to get something done. And it's like, I know how to solve this problem and you're just not interested. Yeah. I don't even want to get started. The A&Bs don't take you to 14. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to get started on banks. My bank offers a service of a take you home. 
The only problem is you probably have to book it like <laughs> seven months in advance because yeah. I tried to use it on Saturday night and I phoned and after pushing one, three, four, one, 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 three, four, one <laughs> and getting cut off and doing it again, I get told, oh no, the first available is like one thirty in the morning. I'm like, why? Because everyone's already dead and gone home. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to go home at one thirty in the morning, but then I'll be but sober. The, the, the challenge we've got and that leads straight from that is that, you know, you can have a process. Is it good or not? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the work we do is helping customers understand whether or not what they're doing is the right thing to do in the first place. And then secondly, is it the right way to go about it? You know, making, taking something online is not necessarily the best way to do it. There are mm. portions that should sit with a human. There are portions where systems should talk to each other. I mean, Nico again was talking about integration, um, and, and making sure that your, if you buy a device and it, it, it's the top tech today and a year down the line, it's going to be right at the back of the queue. We, we do the same thing for software systems. So we help companies talk to their legacy accounting platforms because people really don't like getting rid of that stuff and they don't like spending yeah. money. But by the same token, you know, we'll talk to the really big stuff. We'll talk to the, the massive ERP systems and make a little company look like it's got something a lot bigger behind it. Purely because you know it, you can make that process run professionally and you can make people do the things that they have to do on the time frames they're supposed to do it on so you know and again i mean you referenced nico as well and he was very hardware centric if you think about it. i know he's built a great engine and he called it the edge and that um is your service more about taking the existing infrastructure and or administration and then just making it actually do what it's supposed to do or is it more do you have to consult i mean just take us through a journey uh, it, it's, of like why a business would yeah. need you, you know you to come in and fix it so there's there's opposite ends of the spectrum on that one i mean i got a one customer who has sap they've spent I'm millions so of rand spent millions of <laughs> rands implementing no, this platform and and i can say this because i've been a cio and a financial service provider they're really good at running finances Okay, and managing that sort of stuff, but they're really horrible at a lot of other things and really expensive. Yeah, so yeah. you will, for these guys, it was a procurement solution and they looked at it and they went, well, heck, we would have to spend a couple million buying SAP procurement. We'd have to go get someone to come in and set this thing up and do a whole bunch of software develop for us or development for us. And it'd be a whole bunch more. And then I still got to buy all these licenses. And, you know, we're more about, well, what have you got now? How can we accommodate what you have? Yeah. How can we move the stuff through the process and make it work so that you can you can choose how you want to grow rather than be forced into that massive spend yeah. where you don't actually know if it's going to work or not. And the whole that also comes from my experience in the industry. I mean, um, and you bash Microsoft, and I used to be a big uh, Microsoft fan, and but now everything in the house is Apple based. Yay. Okay. Um, but <laughs> that being said, I mean, my business would not have got started if it wasn't for the Microsoft BizSpark program. You know, they've provided all the server software and uh, education and all those kind of things that yeah. make it good or make it easy for a startup to get going. Let me jump in there for a second. That's great. And last week or the week before, I was talking about one of the innovation labs, but there seems to be a disconnect between the guys that are thinking and providing or ideating in the solutions and the guys at the back that are actually supposed to make these solutions. Someone's missing a memo somewhere. It's not missing a memo. They just don't work. I think the model for selling software and managing software doesn't work. One of the biggest things for me was I spent many, many millions of rands buying doing my Microsoft licensing. And this, this is, you can go Oracle, SAP, mm. it doesn't really matter. It's across the board. And all I could do once I'd spent all of these millions of rands was send some mail yep. and open a Word document. Mm. I had all of the stuff sitting there. Not I at the same time though, because it, it Well, maybe. Maybe, it depends, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I still had to go out and spend four, six, ten times as much to build something that yeah. made use of all those tools, okay, that where I would actually start earning my money back. And for me, again, there was another light bulb moment. Is that you shouldn't, one, be punished for how many people need to participate in your process. You know, yeah. If you've got one guy or you've got 2,000, the, the process is the process. It yeah. should cost what it costs to develop it. And two, you, you shouldn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops and get mm. some outside help and, and rely on other people to run your processes for mm. you. Now, yes, Effectively, we do that for other people, but it's their process, it's their data. They tell us how they want it to run, and we deliver it to them in, you know, in a format that they that they find easy to use. Yeah, but uh, not bashing bashing Microsoft for not being the software company that we need today versus what they were. 
is the same as kind of bashing horses for not becoming motor cars. No, I agree with you, Brett. And, you know I, and Simon like said that, though. Things change. It, no, but he said, but yeah. you used the word there, change. Yeah, you use Simon like says. Simon says. Simon says. Simon says. But the word is change and, or more importantly, innovate or adapt. Yeah. You know, that was a problem with Nokia. I loved Nokia phones. They were batteries, they designed everything. But when they were given the chance to move on to Android, yeah. they didn't. And they kept on with their Symbian. And guess what? There are no more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're back again and blah, blah. But BlackBerry is the same. Yeah. They defended their OS as opposed to change and evolving into what people needed because we're the guys that use the stuff. And that's what I mean with Microsoft. They haven't done Look, anything. Look, it, it, it's about change, though. Yeah. No, nobody likes change. Yeah. I mean, we all, we're as, in the as, tech as space. As innovators, you're agents of it. You know, you're yeah. agents of it, but there are still things, you know, I get grumpy when stuff doesn't work the way it used to. Yeah. 100%. And, and, I mean, for me, one of Previlo's biggest challenges is trying to get people to give up the glue. <laughs> you know, so Nico was talking about how he's the glue. They're the middleware. Yes. We're a glue stripper. You know, yes. we take away all of that stuff that yeah. clogs up the processes. But, my goodness, trying to get people to give up paper, give yeah. up email. Yeah. Yeah. They'd rather be confused. Yeah. They'd rather, like, <laughs> not be able to answer the question than to make their lives a little easier. It's, it's the most amazing thing. It's, you know, lessons learned in, in running this business for the last two years. You know, obviously just having a, you know, it's not about the bashing, but it is about being efficient and changing. That's one of the things you're doing. Maybe I can actually use your system to find my content that I'm supposed to be playing at the moment as well. I've got to map out your process for me first. <laughs> so it's a difficult one. I mean, the, 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 the process we follow is to actually start really, really small. Yes. So we'll identify a pain point or we'll get the customer to identify their biggest pain point in their business and we'll tackle that first and we'll, we'll that, prove the often, point. Is that often the amount of money they spent on the legacy thing that you're possibly oh, going to change? The money is the other challenge. You yes. know, the, the company will have no problem spending a couple million rand on a on, piece of software that they can't use and then they'll moan at us because we want maybe 15, 20% of that yeah. a year. That's a similar story. And, um, but, but the thing, you know, the, you, you've got to sell the pain mm. that, that you get rid of, not the actual piece of software yes. or the solution. And we found the only way to convince people to change is to actually amp that up. So, yes. so we'll give it to you for a few weeks and then we'll take it away. Create the demand. And then you'll see that, uh, you know, well, heck, we really don't want to do, we don't want to go back to the way we're going. And then you know, to a large degree, we help customers discover what they don't know about their business. So yeah. they spend six months using the solution and then they kind of start asking, well, if we can do this, can we do that? Yes. And then from there, you know, more informed, uh, more informed, yeah. more open to the use of technology to solve the problems. And the, and the nice thing is, you know, I, I can tell you now for all of our customers, mm-hmm. 18 months, 24 months down the line, their solutions don't resemble what they started yes. out with because and they could never have planned it if they tried. That's the, the thing. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't have sat down and gone through a six month business analysis process yeah. and gone. That's the problem we're going to solve, or this is the thing that the system is actually going to do for us. Yeah. They only discover it 12 months down the line. Yeah. But that's, that's one of the great things about innovation. It, it's, it takes collaboration. If you relied on one person to innovate everything, it would be a boring, boring place. But once you get the client to a point where they can actually start adding value to their own end goal, it's, it's hugely so rewarding. You hit the point on collaboration though, yeah. because a lot of companies will go, Ooh, it's the business and analysts. They must go draw up the solution for us and yeah. bring it to us. Yeah. And there's no, there's no feedback loop. There's no involvement. So, again, another one of the things that I got really irritated about with uh, corporate culture is that now we go make a little change, ask people how it works, get, solicit their feedback. If they don't like it, we fix it. Or we change it completely or we throw it away. At least the option there is but, to fix it. Yeah, and it's know? the people who are on the cold face that are the ones that get asked the question, does this work for our business or not? Because a lot of the time, and I've been guilty of this in the past, is kind of we will do it this way because this is what we want to achieve. No, it doesn't work that yeah. way. But well, I'm, Brett, I'm going to try that again. Oh, oh yeah. okay, cool. I think I fixed my. In the crux my, of our discussion. Yes, in the crux of your discussion, because that way well, I hopefully can you're all listening and you're hanging on the edge of every <laughs> word we're saying. We'll be back. I'll try that one again. When you're growing a small business, meetings, telecons, and admin move into dinners, recitals, and bedtime stories. But we know you knew that. We know that between the successes and failures, the courage to continue is what counts. We also know that the right meetings, telecons and admin means better dinners, recitals at the school you want and great bedtime stories. The courage to grow is business. We've got the advisors, products and solutions that enable you to do so. MTN Business. 
a new world of business. Cool. So just picking up on your point, uh, you people are saying, and we're talking with Simon Hudson from Provulo, uh, one of the aspiring innovators of Gartner 2016, and you guys are doing a great lot of stuff in services mm. uh, and and how we can optimize and make things more efficient um, through innovation. When we're talking about innovation. One of the things is people saying, well, I want to do it this way. And you say, well, that's not really the way you should be going. But tried and tested versus new and, oh, my goodness, how do you get that well, sort so of bridging the gap? It's about all about demonstration. So you know, up the the framework that we've built, which we we put these processes on top of, is yeah. is designed around the sort of Lego block concept. Yes. Yeah. You know, so we're the green base, and the customer solutions, all the little bricks that you put on top of, and lo and behold, you have a house. So you hope sometimes. Well, yes. Yeah. You have frankly right on the one side, and you have a. But it's what the client wants. It's what the client wants at the end of the day. So what we do is we, we will go to our customer and say, listen, we've done this elsewhere. Mm. Can we show you how it works there? Yeah. And then we'll tweak it for you yeah. if you actually need it. 95% of the time they go, that's perfect because, you know, they like to think they've thought it through. We make it sure they believe it's their idea yeah. and we all move on and we're happy. And you get the, you get the traditional mindset. So people saying, I must do this because my competitor's doing it or I'm not going to do that because my competitor's doing that. How do you guys, that it's that, it's one thing to understand it. It's another thing to readily adopt it and say, right, let's let's embrace this. Look, we like to think that we're delivering competitive advantage for our customers. In most cases, we are. I yeah. mean, in, in the engineering sector, I know that our client is the only one that's doing – well, their group companies are the only ones operating in the way that we've put in place for them. Mm. Same in the medical space where we're working. So, you know, efficiency – means different things to different people. Some people, it's the ability to process more orders. It's mm. to save more money. It's to get ahead of your competitor. How that works, I mean, we're just there to facilitate it. I'm lucky enough to have 20-plus years' experience in the IT space and a lot of time spent in technology strategy. So it's easy enough to find the words to be persuasive at uh, at a board or an executive level to say, listen, perhaps you should be thinking about it this way mm. rather than doing it uh, in any way else. And I think that's one of the advantages Pravula's got is a bunch of experience and uh, the scars and, and having been on <laughs> both sides of the table, yeah. And yeah. having been the buyer, the seller. And I've also been the arbiter, the referee between those two parties wow. in a previous life as well. So, Does Provula actually have a proprietary offering per se? I mean, you know, I know, I know we all take bits and pieces from somewhere, but um, – you know, I don't like to use software as a solution because it can be a bit of a swear word. You can go down the whole business process as a service. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, everything as, you know. Um, is there certain techs that you work with and or have had to develop or did develop or needed to develop? You know, just maybe like someone's listening now. They think, you know what? I'm listening to the show. I'm sitting in that boat now where my business is not being efficient. We're finding administrative uh, issues that are coming back and biting at us. You guys get caught in. You know, what is that first stage? Because I know you, you play in CRM. You play in invoice. You play in mail even. You know, now mail is quite a – even on its own is a discussion. Uh, it is and it isn't. I mean, there are there are some really good providers in that space. We integrate as part of the mail chain to for one of our customers to do guaranteed delivery because – it's part of a, a procurement process that we have to know that the supplier at the end of the chain actually took the mail. Yeah. But, I mean, yes and no to answer your proprietary question. Okay. So everything we do is on the Microsoft platform. And we here don't I have was it, bashing it. Sorry, Microsoft. It's, it's Microsoft server. Okay, it's fine. not the desktop. Cool. Okay? And uh, they're very good in that space. Well, we use the server. Yeah. So mm. it's, it's, you know, it's the server and, and the database platform. Uh, we use .NET. I mean, there, there is, we don't use any third-party proprietary code or, or um, pieces of software where we can't see into them. But by the same token, we, we use all of the benefits that come with that Microsoft server platform. We've got our own tools to be able to read in Word, email, I mean, emails, Excel, PDF, extracting the contents from orders and turning them into something else. And we've built our own uh tech to do it the other way as well so we can pump out those sort of documents so where your process requires that you need paper but you know anyone could go out there someone else could have the same idea they could go out there and build the same tech same framework very similar solution to us i think 
what we have that is proprietary is the experience yeah. and the solutions and have taken the time to build those solutions properly so that uh, you know, and our customers are happy. Now, if you're using the, the, the Microsoft server side, which I agree is fine. I mean, we use it for Office 365. We use it on our email and IMAPs and all those things as well. If you've got clients, especially now your startups that have gone out and built in a Linux environment or PHP environment and now they've grown and now they're drowning. Okay. Cause that, I would assume that's going to be a lot of the, besides your big clients and your big corporates, there's going to be a couple of your midterm guys that are like, they need to take the next step and efficiency is one of them. Mm. How does that work? How do you involve, you know, because so, we always talk about this integrated world where everything yeah. talks to everything else. So we're a service business. So we, we host our solution. We manage it on our customer's behalf and they literally just come in via a browser or they mail what you know, the, the kickoff to the process, but they manage it all in our interface. We control it. And, you know, our view is that whatever technology you want to use in your back end, go ahead and do it. We'll find a way to integrate with it. Whether we're scra- doing screen scraping, we're mm-hmm. making a browser think that uh, a human is using it, whether we're uh, grabbing the output from your, your, your app, whether they're sending out emails, whatever, we'll make a plan to integrate what you have. In terms of, if we're going to take a step back and look at it from an industry perspective, I think the if, if you're going down the Linux road or the Star Nix road, um, you need you need to know that whatever you're building, you're going to build your business on it. You're going to have enough support. I think the one thing missing in South Africa at the moment, and that is across the board, Unix, Microsoft, the works, is there's not enough skilled technicians. It's not enough people wanting to get into it. I just don't think you know it's a glamorous industry for people to be working in. And to be fair, I don't think the same motivations are in place now as were when I was uh, sort of 12, 13, and the first computer was put in front of me, and it was something that was exciting. And when your dad says, I don't know how to work it, you figure out how to program yeah. the dad. I think like the toaster still, now. I, yeah, but I think that's still yeah, the I'm going to say <laughs> the video recorder, and the vast majority of people have no idea what I'm talking about. As long as you don't say cassette, it's all right. Uh, so. Well, hey, listen. <laughs> Cassettes are cool. I remember, I remember writing a program to figure out how I could take my entire music library and efficiently fit it on a 90-minute tape. Sure. That's quite something. Well, uh, I mean, I remember the, with the tapes, how you had to put a little piece of um, paper in to stop them recording or, oh, no, you know, uh, or to be able to Get all nostalgic now. <laughs> stop crying now, Wint. So give us an example of like one of your industry-type okay. clients. If you can take us through that journey. Um, yeah, just to help elaborate or give you two. You can give us three. I'll give you two. So we've got at opposite ends of the spectrum. So we have a, a client in the engineering sector. They manufacture the dish mounts for the square kilometer array. They manage these huge bins that go on the back of trucks that op- operate in open cost mines. And theirs is a very complex business. And for them, we, we basically run their end to end procurement process. So for the point that job is created on their ERP system, we take over, we assist with the bill of materials, we uh, select the suppliers that are going to bid, we manage the bid process, we we tell the procurement director to go and adjudicate, we tell the engineer to go check the quality, we get on finances case to sign off the, the purchase order, we issue the purchase order to the supplier, we put the supplier on notice to deliver. Because, I mean, obviously, when they bid, they say X many days. Sure. So, you know, we're, we're, we're doing all the things that a clerk would do, the picking up the telephone, the sending a mail, but you can't ignore us yeah. because there's measurement in place from start to finish. We were in the process of basically we'll be bringing their goods in at the factory gate as well. So we'll be able to do end-to-end life cycle for for a piece of procurement that says this is how you performed. I mean, already we're measuring when the job gets created to when it gets distributed to suppliers, when it closes to how long does it take to adjudicate engineer sign-off, finance sign-off, Quality measurements, do the suppliers deliver on time? That's all delivered in a browser. Like these guys use it on a big screen. They just, they just walked up and tap it. So now, when you say we, I mean, obviously. So we, the royal we, the platform. Does it, does, so all these transactions have to go through a server, which brings me to the security question. Mm. Um, you know, if you get hacked, then how does that affect, or is it actually you sitting more as a mirror? Um, so, and it's still only the client that's going to be exposed? No, so the client's not exposed at all. So okay. we're, we're responsible for holding the data around the end-to-end transaction. So we've taken um, a lot of precautions, expensive precautions, to ensure that uh, that's not an issue. So we live in uh, an extremely secure data center in Bryanston. I'm not going to give any green <laughs> company an advert. Uh, you know, I sit in the same – I sit two racks away from the banks. 
Okay. And there are, you need to give blood samples and yeah. all sorts of stuff to get into this building in the first place. In terms of security, we have a finance uh, customer and they put an auditing firm in to come and do the security checks. And we got uh, sort of clean bill of health there. So we're happy that from a, a, a platform and a, a developmental perspective, we're, we're being careful. And then you know, if a customer is looking at their data and going, well, we've got personal data and those kind of things involved, then we would take the next step and wrap it around and make it as secure as a banking site. You know, so it, it's very important. I mean, sure. That's number one priority for us is making sure it's secure. But we, you know, we've, we've been in operation since October 2014. Okay, so and you've definitely paid every single day, every single day, some script kitty somewhere is having a bash at our server farm, and you know you could you 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 look, you learn, you see what's happening, and you you try to uh, stop them doing it. Well, if yeah. it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've we've got one telco customer, and the amount of abuse really? their website takes is absolutely insane. You mean from People trying to hack into mm. it, yeah. Really. And if people, and it's thing is, if, if you were a, a smart hacker, in fact, a hacker is actually a misnomer because hacker is a, a, a uh, it's a compliment in certain. If you're a, a black hat, a, a crackhead moron who just was having a, having a <laughs> hell bent hashtag, on, on hashtag crackhead moron. If you were just <laughs> trying to get into the site, and you, you'd have to do some research. You know, this one customer, if they if they spent. 20 minutes, half an hour looking at the architecture of the site and how everything works, they'd realize that the 20,000 attempts a second to try to break in are just never going to succeed because it doesn't take into consideration what sits behind. And it's, you know, for me, I make a good business out of dumbing things down, hiding mm. the rocket science away, but sure. it doesn't excuse you from uh, having to actually pay attention. So, I mean, just stay with the website because that's obviously for me is quite an important part. That's where people come in and out of your view and if they're placing their orders. So, effectively, you have to host that then as well. So, you've got to hold, you've got to hold the whole digital footprint of the client. Uh, yes and no. Okay. So, we our, our service is not pretty. Okay, it's it's designed for purpose, fit for purpose, and we're not actually part of the customer's front end website. So okay. they'll have a beautiful, well designed, hopefully no flash. In their front <laughs> we don't <laughs> flash. Yeah, Steve was right. Thanks. Yeah, uh, you know that will be a separate entity altogether. We're we're hosting the process, and literally the only prettiness is the client's branding across the top of the site. The rest is all it's fit for purpose. We were talking last week about servicing stuff over GPRS. Yeah, we're designed with that in mind. We okay. serve only text. We don't put any heavy controls in. We make sure it's easy to use if you're standing in the pit in a mine in the northwest province because we want our guys to be able to to manage their processes that's pretty good i mean if you if you're preaching efficient processes you can't have an inefficient process so no, I mean, I'm well just, done the mechanic's I, car is actually fixed yeah, and working eating my own dog food Woohoo! <laughs> i'm just smiling because i've been using dstv now um i've been watching a lot of the um the olympics i stream it because you're out and whatever you just log in and there you still have to have the flash player i mean you've got a company that's owned by NASPAS. I mean, they're not Mickey Mouse. They should know better, and they're still running Flash plugins. That's so. And I'm just thinking how you could come into that system. NASPAS aren't a client, so I'm just going to call them lazy. <laughs> is it lazy? But this this goes back to the service that you offer. And I asked that question earlier on. Is it lazy, or is it the fact that you know you're asking us to change? And and let me finish that. Like I've tried so many times to put a decent CRM system into my little company. We're a small company, but being an agency, we're client-centric. It's important that I remember to phone you at 12 o'clock when I said I'm going to phone you at 12 o'clock. So I go into Outlook and I put a little reminder and it goes, boom, phone Simon at 12 o'clock. It works. Okay. But it doesn't work when you scale and when you've got multiple jobs for the same client. So we've looked at CRM systems. We've put them in place. But they're only as good as the stuff you put in. Yeah. And that's that's the human side. In fact, I think I was reading on your website about like getting rid of inefficient humans. It's not like we're trying to get rid of humans. We're just trying to get rid of inefficiency. But, I don't know if I use that term. Well, but people, <laughs> yeah. pen, paper, things that yeah, are deemed inefficient. Okay, And let's be honest, they are. But how – how do you get me to do what I need to do? You know, and, and is it, that's what I'm saying. Are they lazy or is it just that we've become that way? We're just complacent. I, I don't think lazy is the right term. I think there's lack of incentive. Yeah. So yeah. that's so a great, yeah. You know, do you guys do gamification at, and that kind of stuff? Yes and no. no so it's not, yeah. not a, 
an area of expertise for yeah. us. We have clients that um, use the stick rather than the carrot. <laughs> um, I like that. You are not going of, home tonight. You will be populating. Well, it's, a, it's not so much that. It's, it's a case of you were given this task. Yes. And you've got X amount of time to perform the task, and you haven't performed the task. We're going to tell your boss. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> nah, your boss, nah, 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 nah. and if your boss doesn't see, doesn't do anything <laughs> about it, we're going to we're going to start moving up the food chain because, as we know, it flows downhill. And but no, I think it, it's lack of incentive to move. I mean, why change your player? Yeah. When and you've got to invest the money to do it until there is a loud enough noise to make you do it. People complain loud enough. Yeah. There there has to be a desire for innovation up front. You know what the funniest thing is? The kind of at the top level of most businesses, at the very bottom level, there is a desire to innovate. But the yes. people that control the process, that have the power, who sit are in, in where they are in their, in their change. That's the thing. They, <laughs> they worry about losing control. Yeah. And a, a lot of uh, the, I suppose, the upfront work we do is persuading those people that we're going to make them look like rock stars. Yeah. Okay. That they're going to come out uh, on top. As a result of this, they'll be they'll look good at doing their job. Yeah, and we need to talk about your leads. But that's system. that's another part. I mean, we've we've got a couple of, of notes around uh, innovation. We've called 2016 the year of innovation. Uh, one of the things is not only to have a desire for innovation, but to also go beyond your comfort zone. Mm. And that's where you find true innovation. It's at that point of change. It's maybe just outside your reach, where you say, "Well, that would actually be quite nice." I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm actually going to add one extra one yeah. one uh, point then. Say you need to be pragmatic innovation. Yes. You don't you know, jump off a cliff just to see if you can fall. Don't jump off a cliff to see if you can fly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go throw a paper plane off. Yeah. Then go get a drone. Then yeah. go, you know, <laughs> Find steps. a bridge. Take steps <laughs> yeah. to do it. It, uh, it. You tackle the little piece of pain first. Yes. I'm laughing because we were talking about this this weekend. We were saying, can you imagine the first caveman that w- – they wear those big woolly mammoth clothing. They go to the they go to the river bank, and they jump in and they go ooh and they drown. And the others are looking and they go, "Well, okay, we, we can't walk or talk underneath well, that didn't, stuff." Well, Biff didn't, didn't come back. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though. As you, I love that. Throw a paper plane, and you know what? It's not a big loss. You know, yeah. it's a little bit of paper. Sometimes it comes back. Fail quickly. Fail small and learn quick. And learn quickly. Yeah. I mean the the again, it's the approach we take with our customers. If it doesn't work. We'll pull it out today. Yeah. yeah. And we'll replace it with something else that maybe is a little simpler, maybe takes a little more effort. And then yeah. in three months' time, we'll sneak the automated piece back in. Yeah. I mean, the, the second example I wanted to give you was um, for a medical device uh, distributor. Yeah, hopefully not the guys from McDonald's. No. Okay. Hell no. Um, <laughs> the, what they do is, as you know, anything in the medical industry involves a lot of paper. You've got yeah. to sign a heck of a lot of stuff off. Yep. And what these guys were finding is they, they, were, they were maxing out the number of patients they could sign up for their devices in a given period of time. You, you, would, you would hire a rep, and that rep could only do so many people in, in a week because – Got to go to the doctor, got the doctor to fill it in, the patient to fill it in, the medical aid to fill it in, all of those kind of things. And you'd walk around with a, a one-inch thick file of paper. So we took that process and I'm going to say at the outset, basically, I think they grew 500% wow. in the first two months where yeah. we replaced the paper. But all we've really done is said, all of that paperwork, let's we'll generate it for you when and if you need it. Let's go in and say, well, we collect the patient's detail once. We collect the healthcare professionals' details once. We collect the therapy details once. And then you mop it around on a page for a while with the, the medical aid and the getting the payment and the back and forth. And we record all that messaging, mm. effectively CRM, till you get to a point where you can go and you can do it. The nice thing is the rep can sit in front of the patient with his or her phone and go, fantastic, we're agreed, done, yep. order's placed. Yep. And the nice thing there is, you know, the, the rep walks into the doctor's practice. They need to get a, a, a consent form signed. They ask the lady behind the counter or the person behind the counter, what's your email address? On their phone, type it in, press a button, a mail arrives, say, please print that out, sign it. They take a photograph of their phone and they say, please put that in the patient's file. We've now done a consent, which could have taken a week before in about two minutes. Mm. And they walk away and they've got all the documentation they need to progress it through where you know, the arbiter at the end is generally the medical aid company. They want everything. But now they have everything because yeah. they just come to us and they go, oh, everything's there. And if they need something, they press a button and we go generate the document it, out for them. It's the same as the banks. The banks are hounding me to go in to sign a document it's, that I have signed insane. 40 times over the the years that I've banked yeah. for this. And I, I've said to my personal banker, you've got it. 
I keep getting these SMSs. This is the second mm. warning. And I said to her, if they were only as efficient in the admin department, they could go and open the file. It's digital. They've got it. You well, know? the thing is, a lot of our customers come back and say, we wish you could work in that space because, really. Yeah. yeah I it, mean, there, I mean, that's, yeah, you're really hitting your head against the wall even trying that. I mean, no, uh, look, I, I, I have all the industry qualifications and financial services and stuff like that, and I have to admit I'm so happy not to be in it yeah. anymore. Have you have you noticed the broker? I mean, you you, you come from the insurance. I, I, once a year, my broker will come and see me, and he comes with a. I, I know people can't see, but so keen at the but, beginning of the meeting, but, so yeah, dejected. But at the yeah, end. you've got this file. He's prepared all these quotes. It's the same thing over and over yeah. and over again. I, I go no, oh, okay, yeah. but then he can't remember which one I'd said no to. So we're going to go back through the pile again. So now I've just said to him in advance, don't come with your pile. Send me an email with the pros and cons of that. Proposal yeah. or that change in the policy, I'll agree. You'll bring one piece of paper. Stick me through it. the algorithm, dude. But that, no. that is, if, if he's adopting that process, he's making the whole decision-making tree. He's reducing it from a week's worth of work on his side and a two-hour meeting with you to a thirty-second sure. glance at the pros and cons. Problem solved. Client, you know, the insurer is happy because they now have a, a renewal, or they have a new customer. But do you think they will go and look back down into the process? No, because what they have works for them now and they won't change yeah. until they're forced to either by law mm. re- regulation or because they're suffering massive customer loss do you think this transparency of process is actually going to start making business become a lot more integrous with with the way they you can't you can't bullshit people with you can't baffle them with bullshit yeah, anymore you won't have a choice you've got you've got the truth in front of you now it's a key part of what we do is that in Every participant in a transaction on our platform yeah. can see where they were involved. Exactly. You, cannot, you can't hide. You can't hide. Yeah. You know, if you got awarded the piece of work, up is up. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. If you didn't, there's all the documentation to yep. say why. Yeah. And because we're a third party and independent provider, yep. nobody can point a finger. Yep. Yeah. That's actually important. We've got to wrap it up, but quickly, where, where to from here? Where next? I mean, you guys have been going for two years. You've, you've uh, gotten as acknowledged that you guys are aspiring innovators. What's the next step? Probably to move the platform outside of South Africa. Okay. So, you know, we're looking at customers Africa? in Europe. Okay. okay. Well, we're looking – the nice thing about being a digital platform is we can serve it anywhere. Cool. So, yeah, you know, true. I speak English. I don't speak any of the languages that are spoken on the continent in Africa. So, the first place you go is the UK. Try Australia. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's – Everybody has opposable thumbs for the most part. So, you go. The two forefingers or two thumbs is all you need to yep. use our platform. Wherever you've got those in a smartphone, you know, Rock we'll try to solve your problem. Excellent. Right, hot spot for you, buddy. Cool. Thought of the day. Well, I'm going to cheat a little because I've okay. kind of prepared this a, a bit already. But okay. it, it leads to, to innovation and what we believe it to be. But in, in order to do extraordinary things, we have to always think outside the box. We should be always pushing, be pushing the boundaries of innovation. And you should think bigger than you, you are now. Think, think to where you could be. Be brave enough to get there as well. Um, so uh, the only way to really keep growing as an aspiring innovator or a, an aspiring entrepreneur is to keep growing and keep challenging yourself for the more. And I, th- I think we're in a great space. It's going to yield so many amazing results, as always. I think I say that every week. but As always. We, we meet so many amazing guests, and it really is just proof that we are moving forward into a great space. I like it. Simon, thank you again for your it's time. It's been a pleasure coming. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be speaking to you again and sure, uh, um, uh, soon, I'm sure. Excellent. And, uh, Brett, yeah, until next time, keep Cheers. your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.